Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. (laughs) Fantastic to see you all. I count it a privilege to be able to come and talk to you all this morning. I've actually got something I want to share that I feel God has really put on my heart. Um, We went away on holiday. Before I went away, I thought I'm going to be prepared, ready for speaking at Mansfield. And I did all my notes and got them all ready, sent them through to Christian and said, are you happy with this? Does it fit into our teaching series? And he came back, all good. I sat down to refresh myself with my notes and just felt it wasn't the right thing. So with Christian's permission, I just looked at uh, changing it. But I do feel what I want to say this morning is for you, is what God wants to bring to you this morning. So I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. So we're part of a series called Make It Matter. And um, this morning, the subject title is My Life. Make my life, not Julie's life, your life, my life. Make our lives matter. And the scripture reading is from James chapter 4 and verse 13. And it's the message version. And I believe Stephen has shared this with you uh, over the last couple of weeks as well. And now I have a word for you who brashly announce today at the latest tomorrow, we're off to do such and such a city for the year. We're going to start a business and make a lot of money. You don't know the first thing about tomorrow. You're nothing but a wisp of fog catching a brief bit of sun before disappearing. I don't Sure, I quite like being classed as a bit of fog that disappears before, before, you, before the sun. But I think what, the, what James is trying to get over here, that life can be gone just like that, can't it? That life is, it, it is very quickly. And uh, Chris and I are, are celebrating, you know, you can uh, celebrate with us if you want, but we're celebrating our 29th year anniversary today. And uh, thank you. <laughs> And one of the things we said, you know, and Chris is much more reflective than I am. He loves to get the photos out and have a look back. And he's been sending Josh photos of him when he was a baby, you know, and look at this. You know, you look back and you think, where have all those 29 years gone? How quickly? And many of us that are getting older, don't they seem to get quicker? As you go? It's true, doesn't it? It seems to get quicker as you get older. And you sort of think, where has that gone? And I think this is the point James is saying. You know, don't, don't live for tomorrow. Don't live for the next thing. Live for now. Live for this day. Live for this moment. Because God has got something for this day. I remember some teaching from Brian Houston many years ago when he was talking about uh, numbering your days. I think it's in one of the, it is in one of the Psalms, numbering your days. And he said the reason he believed the psalmist asked us to number our days is because when you look at the important days, I started to do this on the back of that preaching. It was many, many years ago. I thought, right, I'm going to list the, the, the important days. Okay, I was born then. I became a Christian then. I got baptized then. I met Chris then, best day of my life, um, apart from coming to know Jesus. And then we had Josh, and then we had... And you list them, and actually that list of what I would class as important days is A4 sheet. That's it. And if we're not careful, we're waiting for the next thing before. I'm waiting for 
that to happen before I'm going to step into all God's got for me. I'm waiting for this to happen before I believe I'm living the dream. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that. For mums that that have got sort of older children, we used to do... Well, I used to do it. Wait till your dad gets home. (laughs) Josh, not particularly Jordan. But Josh... In fact, probably never Jordan. But Josh, wait till your dad gets home. You know, we use... This sort of like, wait for some anticipated action when this happens. And I believe God's encouragement for us today, this morning is, don't wait. Don't think when that happens, when this happens today is important. This day matters. Make this day count. Don't be waiting for the next thing. If I said to you this morning... Do you believe God wants greatness for us as Arena Church? Put your hand up. I I don't want you to do it. Well, you can. Do do we believe as Arena Church God wants greatness for us? Yes. Amen. Okay. How how is it then if I said, Morgan, God's got greatness over you. That when you apply it to us, God wants me to be great. We can believe it corporately. We can believe it over us. But do we believe it really deep down in our hearts that God has got greatness over every single one of us? I want to try and help us with that this morning because some of us get this easier than others. I think if you're a bit further on the journey, you get this. But I think sometimes we put lids, limits, boxes over our life because we don't step into the greatness that God has for us. I want to read from you a scripture from Psalm 18 and verse 35. You've given me the shield of your salvation Your strong hand has supported me. You have stooped down to make me great. You bend down to make me great. That come on, thank you, Helen. You stoop God stoops down to make you great. Why do we struggle with this, that God's got greatness over my life? As I walk out of this building without an arrogance this morning, I believe I am great. As I go into my job tomorrow morning, I am great. As I walk into the office, into my school, in my neighborhood, I am great without a sense of arrogance, but with a confidence. Why do we struggle with it a little bit? Why? Because God says, that's why I came. I I stooped down. To make you great. How many times have you heard a preacher say, if you were the only person on this world, God would have still sent Jesus. And yet this morning, take everybody out of this room. And if you were here this morning, and I'm just talking to you, God has called you to greatness. I want you to walk in it tomorrow. Do we believe it? I don't know if you can remember, um, Christian shared with us a little while ago. I think he gave us all a ruler. Um, he certainly did at Ilkeston. I believe he did so here as well. It was like a paper ruler. And it numbered our days. And on this paper ruler was, was 100 years. And he asked us to rip off how many years of your life have already gone. 50. I'm 53. I have no problem telling everyone. I'm 53. Okay. I'm still feeling like 25, but I'm 53. So I ripped off 50 years. That left me with from 50 to 100. Now rip off where you think possibly you're going to go to eternity. 
I'm planning on living long. My mum and daddy here this morning, they're 83, still going strong. So I'm thinking 90. So I ripped off 90, okay. Which left me with a little bit of paper like that. (laughs) I've put it actually on my desk. I've taped it on my desk because it's a reminder to me that I have to make every day matter. I have to make every day count. I'm not just going to wait until this happens or that happens. Today, God has called me to greatness because his, his kingdom depends on it so I want to ask us this morning do we really really believe it so we we, Chris and I have just and thank you for so many people have, Facebook's fantastic for this have said to me this morning did you have a great holiday you've obviously seen the, the pictures on social media and yes we had a fantastic time we've had the privilege, Chris and I, of uh, three weeks in California. And we travelled all around and saw many wonderful, wonderful places. And one of the things I found so easy to believe, um, and I said to Chris, we stood at the edge of the Grand Canyon. And you look at the vastness of this canyon and it's just breathtaking. And when you're in that moment and you stood there, it's very easy to believe there's a God who made this. Because I'm like, I turned to Chris and I'm like, how could anybody believe it? this is all an accident when you see how wonderful? You see, we can believe in an amazing God who formed the stars and the, the world and, and the moon. And, and for those of you that love nature, it's really easy when you're out in nature and see how wonderful it is to believe in a God. But then it, it's probably a little bit harder to believe that that God is living in me and he's called me to greatness in this day. And the beauty of the Grand Canyon actually has got that beauty over your life. The, the wow factor of the Grand Canyon has got that wow factor over your life. And that's why he came. He stooped down to make you great. I just want to read a scripture to us in Isaiah. And it's from uh, chapter 40 and verse 11. And it says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his chest. For many of you who have been in kids' church, you, you probably did this gentle Jesus, meek and mild. And you had pictures of Jesus with the little lambs. Oh, the kids loved it. I used to love it. Gentle Jesus. He's got the little lambs in his arms. And he he holds them close to his chest. And I just feel this morning that God wants to have that analogy in our everyday life. So it's it's great to believe it here when we're worshipping and we're singing You're My Victory. As we go out of here tomorrow morning, God has got his arms. He's holding you close. He's got his arms wrapped around you. Wherever you are. Whether you've messed up or you've not, whether you're having a great week or you're not, he said, I never leave you. We know this stuff, but do we believe even in those days when it doesn't seem to be working, when my breakthrough's not happening, he's got you. You see, what this means to me is this is greatness by association. This is greatness because the God of the universe, the God who put the stars in place, the God of this world is holding you. He hasn't set you up to fail. He hasn't set you up to give you a rubbish life. He's set you up to win. He's set you up for victory. He has set you up for greatness because the God of this world is holding you in his arms. He's got you. He's got you. He's holding you. When uh, I first started, uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm 
My title at church is executive pastor. A lot of people still don't understand what that means. I'm still working it out, to be honest. But, but it sounds very fancy. But when I first started doing this role, I all of a sudden got invited to things that I'd not been invited to before. I'd suddenly got a title, and it sort of got me into green rooms and conferences and with Christian in places where I was so, I have to be honest, so out of my depth. I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> I get Christian should be there. I get Phil should be here. Okay, God, now, now I'm here, you know. But I've got a title all of a sudden, and I've got a role that I feel God's called me to, and I'm just learning, and I'm growing, and I'm stepping into it because it's greatness by association of the title. This morning... You are a son, a daughter of the living God. Your title is you are joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs. You have been born into the royal family. You've got privileges other people haven't got. You've got blessing and favor over your life that other people haven't got. Because God is inside of you. God is holding you. God is with you. Some of our royal family... You know, I, I, I think that they're, they're on show all the time. You know, people look at them. They're expected. They're just born into it. I think some of them probably don't want the title. <laughs> this morning, you're a son and daughter because you've asked Jesus into your life. You've asked him to be with you. And he said, you are now a joint heir with Christ. Everything that was at Jesus' hands and feet is with you. Yeah. Is with you. What I want to do just over these next few moments is look at three areas I believe that will help us to make our life matter, make my life matter. So first of all, this greatness I'm talking about, believe it. Just believe it. You see, sometimes we struggle with believing that God has called me to greatness. I can believe it for uh, for Andy. You know, he, he was born or he was brought up on the right side of town, but... For me, I, I didn't have a really good upgrade. This is not me personally. This is what people say. I didn't have a good upgrade, uh, upbringing. I've messed up. Look at my life. I've made so many mistakes. You know, there's a guy in the Bible, for those of you that don't know him, a, a guy that was called King David. The Bible classes him as a great leader, a great hero. He committed adultery. He sent somebody to the front line to be murdered. And yes, God called him a man after his own heart because he didn't see the messes he'd made. He saw that Christ, that God was with him, that he had lived in a life that was just, God, I've messed up. I've messed up. But every day he just took himself up. Those days when you feel, why so downcast, oh my soul? See, what David did was he, re- he reminded himself that actually I will be downcast because if I look to me, if I look to my, um, ha- who I am, but actually when you start to have a word with yourself, actually it's not, it's not about me, God's with me, God's on my side. One, one may fall at one side and one may the other, but the God of the universe, the God of the armies is with me. He had to remind himself on those days, why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. He believed it. Doesn't mean to say we don't have days we don't believe it. Doesn't mean to say we don't have days we mess up. But God says, just believe it this morning. I've called you to greatness because I want your life to matter. There's three areas that I believe under believing it that stops us believing it. We compare, first of all. We, we, we compare, we, we look at other people, we look at, I, I actually did this, 
when Chris and I got married, and, and you know, I just said to him this morning, darling, I'm going to show you a bit of my romantic side there. <laughs> the 29 years have just got better and better and better. And, uh, you know, I, when, I, when we first got married, I remember just thinking, oh, God, I, I want a marriage like them. You know, you can look at Paul and Liz, you know, be married a long time. I, I want a marriage like that. I want a marriage like that. And I used to say to him, I want a marriage like that couple, God, this particular couple in church. Only weeks after I'd been asking God for that, this couple actually got divorced, you know, and, and went on this journey. And I felt God say to me, just thank God for where you are. Just thank God for, for your journey. Okay, we weren't perfect 29 years ago. We're still not perfect now, but we're doing better, hopefully, now than we were then. <laughs> if not, there's something desperately wrong. But the point being, you know, wherever you are, don't compare. Don't look. You know, at school, I was called Titch, Bible Basher, Thunder Thighs. You know, things that kids can be cruel can't they you can sort of always put this thing on you because of how other people perceive you but God says I see you as beautiful I see you as fantastic I see you as great don't compare let other people inspire you let other people encourage you but don't compare that's an insult to God honestly the Bible tells us you were fearfully and wonderfully made if I'm constantly saying to God why didn't you make me as pretty as Joanna why, why didn't you give me lovely long legs like Joanna? Why, why didn't you make me tall? You know, and what? If you're asking God that, it's like you're saying to God, you made a mistake. God yeah. don't make mistakes. You are who you are. That doesn't stop us being the best who we are. Yeah. Don't use that as an excuse. Oh, well, it's just how I am. I can be like this. God wants you to be the best. He wants you to be healthy and strong and fit and look after your body and look after everything God has given you. But don't compare. Just be the best you. Let other people inspire you, not stop you. We fear. We can fear. Fear can stop us stepping out into what God's calling us to. I remember saying to Christian when he asked me to do this this new role about, I don't know, 15 months ago, and I said to him, are you sure? Are you sure you want me to do it? Can I really do it? He saw something, and I just stepped into that obedience of okay God if Christian sees it and you're calling me and I don't sense I shouldn't do this I'm just going to step into it I'm just going to believe that every day you're going to show me I'm just going to believe that you're calling me into the more and that you've got something amazing God and I don't want to put lids I don't want to stop anything because of fear of inadequacy of feel of I've messed up in that area before so I could never do God says this morning don't let things stop you don't let fear limit you because he's called you to greatness is there a stirring in your heart of something you know it could be something as simple as I'm going to get a new haircut. <laughs> I'm not. But at the point, do you know what I mean? We can even be fearful about, I've looked all this way. This, if, you, if you mess up and you go and do something crazy to your hair, if you keep thinking it, just go do it. You know, you're all going to turn up with red hair next week, aren't you? <laughs> you simple things, you know, I'm fearful about joining the gym. What will people think? I, I, I'm fearful about joining that night class. I, I've got this desire to do something, but it's going to demand too much. I, just do it. Don't let things hold you back. Don't let things limit you. God says, step into the more. I've called you to greatness. Don't fear. And don't compromise. We compromise, don't we? When I first became a Christian, I remember sitting on the fence for a long time. I was one person on a Sunday, and I was a different person in the week. 
And God, I, I conflicted myself. It was harder for me. It's actually harder to live like that, being all things to all people. All you've got to do is be who you are to God. Just work out your own salvation. Just work out what God has called you to be. Don't sit on the fence. Don't compromise. Don't say the right thing to Paul and Stephen here on a Sunday and then go out and be a different person in the week. We're not asking you to be perfect. We all mess up, but don't compromise. So firstly, we uh, believe it. Secondly, don't confuse it. Don't confuse it. Don't confuse what greatness is. I just want to share very briefly a story. I won't read it for um, just so I can explain it better. There's a story in Matthew in chapter 20, if you want to look at it at a later time. And it's the mother of James and John, the sons of thunder. You know, I mean, you, that's, a, that's a title, isn't it? A son of thunder. These boys, James and John, they, uh, they went up to Jesus and, um, sorry, the mother went up to Jesus. And what she said to Jesus was, Jesus, when, when you get into eternity, when you get into the kingdom, can James and John sit on your right and your left? When they get to eternity, I want one to sit here and one to sit there. And she confused in her mind what greatness was. See, for her, greatness was, I'm going to sit at the table with that person. How many of you have been in a room and you go out for lunch and you think, where am I meant to sit? <laughs> um, you go into a meeting and you think, I better not sit there because boss is sitting there and I don't want to sit in the wrong place. She was bold. I mean, this woman were like, Jesus, in I want them on your right and your left. She was claiming what she thought was her right. And she confused what greatness was. You see, greatness to her was a, 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 a position of esteem next to Jesus. We can confuse it and think, well, actually, I can believe greatness is for Stephen and Paul and Nathan and the guys who are on this platform, but it's not for me. Greatness for uh, it, it's celebrities. It, it's it, Justin Bieber, I can believe God wants to be great, but what about me? We confuse it, don't we? And actually, God says, no, actually, greatness is inside of all of us. And this is what Jesus did. I love what Jesus did. He didn't mock her. He didn't make fun of her. He didn't make uh, anything that was condemning towards her. This is what he said to her. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 26. Whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. You see, Jesus came to model something that was very different to people's perception of greatness. People's perception of greatness is power, is position, is authority. And actually, Jesus said, I've come to show you what greatness actually is. It's laying your life down to serve. It's laying your life down for others. You see, some people think, and I, I love this line. I, can't, I haven't come up with this line. I did pinch it. I have to give credit to Owen McManus for this line. He says, Jesus didn't give up his greatness to be a servant. Being a servant launched him into greatness. That, that line right there deserves another, another mention. Jesus didn't give up his greatness to be a servant. He was launched into greatness by becoming a servant. You know, sometimes we can get so bogged down with my life and what's happening in me that, that we miss all the people around us who God says, hey, this morning, I, I want you to be 
Jesus to them. I want you to reach out for them. I want you to stoop down to make them great this morning. One of the things I talk often about to some of the team leaders at church is believe the best, bring out the best, believe the best, bring out the best. In all the people that surround us, do we endeavor to bring out the best? That's what Jesus did. Everywhere he went, he was available. Everywhere he went, he said, I'm going to believe the best and bring out the best over you today. I'm available. I'm here. He just opened his arms and knew that being a servant launched him into the greatness that God had called him to. Paul mentioned it again this morning, growth track, know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and make a difference. That's why we keep flagging growth track up. Because every person in arena, we believe that you will be launched more and more and more into the greatness God has got over you as you go out and make a difference. As you discover what your purpose is really, you know, we're not, we, we don't limit purpose in Arena Church. At one time, people thought purpose was just like, what are you asking me to do? We're saying, what's in your heart? What has God called for you? Whether that's serving on a door on Sunday, whether that's with your musical talent, whether that's going out on a, a Friday night as a street pastor, shaking hands to people, in whatever that is, God says that is the purpose that is going to launch you into greatness as you step more and more. Don't confuse it. Just be the best you that you can be. See, God doesn't do, doesn't call us to mediocre. He doesn't. God calls us. That's one of our, um, one of the things that we talk about a lot. Arena Church is excellence. We don't always get it right. We're not always perfect. But we say, God's called us to excellence. God's called us to greatness. So we don't believe it. We confuse it. And thirdly, just receive it just receive it you see we think that actually we the more we become a Christian the more we can step into greatness and God says the minute that you give your life to me greatness is on the inside of you whether you've been a Christian five minutes or 50 years greatness is something you just receive straight away because we're not made great because of us we're made great because of him we're made great because of what he's done and how we don't receive it is because we think it's dependent on me we think that if I've messed up okay God can't use me we think if I've done something wrong okay I'm never going to do all I, I can't do but God says you're great because of me you're great by association you're great because I died for you you're great because I've done it all for you you see, when Jesus stood, um, when Jesus was on that cross, his final words were, it is finished. Yeah. It was that thought that I can't do anymore. I've done it all for you. Now all you've got to do is accept it, believe it, receive it, walk in it. Yeah. I've done it all. And this morning, if, if there's nothing else that you get from this, I just want to stir something inside of you. If you're putting lids and limits and things on your life, I can't do, I'm not able, I'm not them, I'm not, I haven't got that. And God's stirring something in your heart, something you need to pick up again, something you've dropped down, something that you know deep down that at the end of your life you could have a moment of regret over. Don't live with regret. Pick it up now. God says, receive all I've got for you. Receive the greatness that I've called you to. You see, Ephesians 2 and verse 8 to 10 in the message version says this. Now God has us where he wants us. 
with all the time in the world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him. All we do is believe it. All we do is accept it. All we do is walk in it. Saving is all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't pay the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging. We neither make nor save. God does both the making and the saving. God wants to make you more and more and more realize the greatness he's got over you. And that isn't just for those just starting off as a Christian. That's for those of us who are even thinking about retirement right now. For those of us who are thinking, I'm in the last season, God says his greatness over your life every day because I'm with you. Whether you're 5, 50, 80, God says greatness is in your day this week. Just go and make a difference. Just go and love. Just go and serve. Just go and be me wherever you are. Don't limit your life by thinking it's not for me or I'm getting to an older age or I'm not able. I'm too young. Why would God use me? God says greatness is on the inside of you. It's by grace. This is the NIV version of Ephesians 2 that you'll probably know. It's by grace you have been saved through faith. It's by grace. What is grace? The undeserved, unmerited favor of God. Undeserved, unmerited. Not one of us in here deserve God's favor. Not one of us in here can limit what God wants to do with us unless we stop it. God says, my love is limitless. My power through you is limitless. I have done it all. It is finished. God has said, I've done it all. Now you've just got to walk in it. You've got to believe it. You've got to receive it. Don't confuse it over your life. Just do the best you can do with what you've got and walk in it every day. There's a song, isn't it? Pick yourself up, brush yourself up, start all over again. We ought to launch that, Nathan. What do you think? If you feel this morning that that you're not living here, God's encouragement to you this morning, my encouragement to you this morning is pick yourself up, brush yourself off, start all over again because God's grace is sufficient. You just need to receive it. Come on, let's bow our heads in prayer.